become all people great and small. Do I have a riveting tale for all of you today? My tale has information on technology, long lost amidst the sands of time. In a horseless world, where carts and lights are driven by foreign powers and by strange magics. I can tell this piques your interest, and perhaps we can learn something from the tale I'm about to share. I shall use nothing but my bare fingers to again open the window for the tale of today. Technology. Unfortunately, my powers are limited to our uninspired duo. Ramble Shamble. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Ramble Shamble. Today, we will be discussing the topic of what we believe is the most profound and innovative technology throughout the course of human history. But before we begin, please remember to check out our socials. That can be Twitter, Instagram, here on YouTube, as well as on any podcasting platform that you can find us. Now, before we get into the topic again, we do have a resident engineer with us here today who is very technologically clued in. You guys all know him. Say it with me. Here's Mackie. <laughs> Mackie. <laughs> uh, now, 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 okay. Uh, I know that that was a bit of a... Uh, I was looking to do something like a bit of a boxing match kind of introduction, introduction you know. In this corner, we have Mackie. But, um, yeah, engineering isn't exactly what I would define as a riveting <laughs> profession. But then again, I'm sure the editors will add all that in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but archaeology is also a desk jockey kind of job. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, let's just call me the pot calling the kettle black here. But <laughs> so Mackie is an engineer and he has a very scientific background, whereas I'm I'm an archaeologist, and that is a very grab. Well, well, what I think of as as a grab bag kind of definition, because we take little bits and pieces of other disciplines in order to study the human past. So we use very modern techniques like lidar and global information systems and such to help us learn about the human past, as well as uh, radiocarbon dating and other scientific techniques. Um, But we also have a very anthropological study when it comes to analyzing texts and having ethnographic research with different peoples and cultures from around the world. So we're a very mix-and-match kind of discipline. But it's therefore very important that we actually define how we view technology in terms of our professions. So, Mackie, what do you think? What is technology? Well, that, that's a very broad and interesting term because uh, I'm sure there, there's a lot of people in the world that, will, that or the most uh, common people will think technology is all about robots, computers, and cell phones. But in the history of everything going going to your like i love how like archaeologists are like kind of foreseen to be like indiana jones initially but not quite <laughs> but uh oh, yeah he's 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 like our granddaddy yeah <laughs> he he has an exalted position in our discipline very much so but yeah uh, as like obviously if we go back in the past technology is obviously much it's so much more it's different in the way how things are perceived in other words because in the day in the days in the past the simple hammer was an advanced technological tool uh the invention of the wheel and then we go to horse carts and driven horse cart uh carts then we go to steam powered generators you go to the water wheel which is a solely on so 
on energy usage from the rivers that flow. So technology is mainly perceived in trying to, in a, in a lame man's term now, technology nowadays is mainly anything that is like techno to the point where you can code software, you can have machines do it for you. But yeah, uh, technology is a very interesting and very vast depth of research that is ever growing, which is partly why I became a engineer and found love in the world of understanding how mechanical th- systems work and fit together and come to achieve a complex or difficult goal that would be more difficult or um, even impossible for a simple human to achieve. Yeah. So to, to elaborate on that a little bit, even the the ways in which people used to shape different tools you 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 have lithic technologies and tool sets which which are stones and how people used to nap or chip stones mm. and so depending on the shapes they would make but then also the techniques that people used to to form specialized tools in the in the ancient human past were defined as different lithic technologies so you get like alderwin and achulean and various other types yeah so archaeologically speaking uh technology is kind of any and it is a very broad definition, I'll give you that. <laughs> and I'm not going by a very dogmatic definition here. I'm defining it rather loosely. But it's basically any kind of method, whether it's a practice or an object that people use to achieve an outcome that we couldn't do without. Yeah, yeah, that we couldn't achieve without it. So that's, that is, for example, using fire or someone thinking up of the wheel and things of that nature. But like you said, it can also be harnessing natural processes in order to have our desired outcome, like uh, water flow and rain and things like that. Yeah. So I am going to buck the trend a little bit over here and instead of letting Mackie go first I'm going to go first and say what I think my favorite technology is uh it's a little bit rude but I'm in that mood today okay so the technology that I chose is one with which we're all familiar and which we rely on to such an integral extent that we wouldn't even notice it otherwise. And that is our method of telling time. This method, called the sexagesimal system, is based on the root number of 60, which is what sexagesimal means. It means 60. And... This practice of telling time comes from the ancient Babylonians and Sumerians about 5,000 years ago, or even longer back, but this, this is the first record that we have on it. And the way that they did it is very interesting. So if you hold your hand out in front of you, one hand, using your thumb, if you count each of the three finger bones or uh joints on your fingers and you move from the pinky to the to your index finger you'll count out 12 units and then once you've done that when you reach 12 then you lift up one finger of your other hand and then when you've done that five times you have the number 60. Some people in Southeast Asia actually still do this kind of today to help tell time but it was more commonplace in ancient times and lo and behold we also use 60 to tell the time Uh, this numbering system 
was used for more diverse practices in the old world, such as, again, telling time, but it was also used for, uh, like, the Chinese calendar, uh, telling the position of planets and other celestial bodies, uh, geometry and trigonometry, which was, I I believe, Plato and Ptolemy who were using it. Uh, Yeah, Ptolemy used it for trigonometry because of 360 degrees, but then also subdivisions of 60. And yeah, so the the slew of things that we use the base numbering system of 64 and the the just the profundity of that in itself and dividing the day into time in a measurable way is incalculable <laughs> i mean there's nothing there's there's basically nothing more important i i would think at least in terms of modern technology, than a measuring system. And the most fundamental one, I believe, would then be time. And in modern times, we use it for time, of course, but also for angles, geographic coordinates, electronic electronic navigation. So I believe that's things like an arc second and such. Um, but yeah, we rely on it to a massive extent, and I believe it's the best. I was going to mention other things like the the exalted brick, for example, which also came from Sumeria. <laughs> but um, I, I I thought that time was a pretty fundamental technology. So yeah, Mackie, do you have any comments on this before? before you tell us what your awesomeness can provide so your insight that is interesting that you use a a term of measurement as a classification of technology because in one way i would have to agree with you and another way i would say i'll have to disagree Part part of the reason is that uh time like distance uh meters or in other parts of the world they use feet or and different uh, measurement tools are it's an, it's in a way used in a different form of like taking measurements of things i definitely have to agree it is a the foundation for us to kind of even understand how the world of how our world works because or every like meters or our measurement tools are basically our tools or instruments for us to kind of measure what or understand the world around us and try and make predictable or ass- assign values to make sense of the chaotic world that we live in. So, and I, I will agree, the, the, the invention of the, of the clock was probably one of the most definitely, I have to, I can't deny that, where it has helped us tell the time. But I will say back in the days, they used... They they understood time in a different way. Like even our bodies, when we like travel across the oceans and seas, our bodies have this like internal clock already inside them, where you feel tired. Even though like if if we were to travel to six hour flight to another country, we'd still feel like that that same time zone back then. And it'll take our bodies a, a few days, or maybe some people just a day, just to get a get a feel for your internal clock adjustment to say, oh, now it's dark. Oh, no, now it's daytime. So I actually should be doing stuff. But I, I, I will say it, it's a good job. It's a good one. I can't deny that. Yeah. So I, I kind of forgot about this. Apologies, everyone. But one of the reasons why uh, I, time is a great invention or way of understanding the world, but I don't think that's necessarily... Like telling time isn't necessarily the technology I'm speaking about. What I'm speaking about is the sexagesimal system for telling time. Mm. And one of the reasons why it has such a utility is because it has 12 factors, which are, or uh, the amount of times in which, uh, we can divide that, subdivide that number. 
in equal parts. Mm. So with the number 60, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 12, 15, 20, 30, and 60. As well as the, the interesting use cases of 2, 3, and 5 being prime numbers. So, you know, it's specifically the, the number 60 being the, the, base, the base number for telling time is the actual utility of the system. That is what I think the, the technology is. But this actually does kind of lead into a, another interesting discussion that, uh, because it's more philosophical, because this was eventually phased out by the Greeks, who even that they even used similar terms to refer to like a bigger grouping and a unit of their numbering system, because the Greeks used one. Well, they changed it to fifty, I believe, being the bigger number, or ten instead of. And well, subdivisions being 10 instead of 12, but they used extremely similar terms. Um, and I think that that's that well, that's kind of how we got there because the Sumerians uh, or that like middle ancient eastern area used the term a shekel as 160th and a manor as the larger grouping of 60, whereas the Greeks used the base 10 ratio of the shekel to be a 150th, which was a mina. So mana and mina are very similar terms. So you can see how they change. But the point I'm getting at is, rationally speaking, you could kind of use any number and just develop a reasoning behind <laughs> why you use that number. You know, yeah, yeah. Like you could, you could easily say, "I'm going to use 21 as a base number because 21 is a primary number." Or 42. Is, sorry, is it? Or 69. Or 42. 69. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> 42 because it's the secret of it's it's the meaning. It's, it's the answer to the question. Yes, 42. <laughs> we know. There exactly. you go, audience. You know that has to be the right answer. 42. <laughs> so, but but so then you can you can make the argument that. Actually, the sexagesimal system means jack squat because we could have chosen any number. But it just so happens that it's super, super useful. Oh, yeah, so, but you just you just proved that your own statement is false. So I, I'm, I'm glad you did my work for me. So all I'm saying <laughs> is thanks. <laughs> okay, so I chose a sexagesimal system and I raise you that. Oh. What do you choose to compete with who is my contender <laughs> i would have to say the most like the, the 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 technology that really brought us to the modern day in such a short amount of time that allows us to f soar with the air and giant contraptions in the sky to us driving simple mo uh, motorbikes to cars and even to power our devices that we are so prone to loving that's right electricity electricity is probably the most Ooh. influential discovery slash invention that humanity has ever kind of brought it's it's it helped us leap where we used to crawl we used to rely on on so many different forms but electricity has really helped us change the world around us to better suit our needs and requirements and even make our life lives 10 times easier that is technology. Uh, it's such an interesting story because when I say electricity, I'm pretty sure you or a few of our, if we have American audiences, will think of, oh yeah, Benjamin Franklin invented electricity. He got lucky with maybe a kite and a key, and who knows how much history has altered that to kind of uh, portray if that is something that's physically possible. I'm sure, like a Mythbusters, there was a bit of an experiment, and I don't think it kind of worked well. I can't quite remember. But over the over the years, we learned how to we understood that electricity, how electricity works, and we actually got to use electricity as a means of working 
I think the one sh- anime that comes to my mind actually portrays it quite well is Dr. Stone when he uses the giant copper wheel and two magnets. Cause, oh, uh, yes. That's Dr. Stone is awesome. Everybody, if you have not watched Dr. Stone, do yourself a, a favor. A favor, yeah, and definitely. Watch it. But how he invented, how he does electricity like that is exactly how our technology, how our electricity usage came to today's use, uh, how so easy and efficient it is today. And everything comes off from electricity. Nothing, I, I would find it hard to see many things in the modern era or anything that we do nowadays that does not run on some form of DC or AC current because it it helps us to, it basically fulfills the work requirement to do an activity. In the past, work requirement would mainly be done by a human or an animal because that was the only way we could transfer our energy into something else. I'm going to get a bit nerdy here, but there's an energy conservation principle where energy cannot be created or destroyed, and it can be transferred from one form to another. Basically meaning that if I rub someone really hard, I'm transferring my uh, kinetic energy into forms of friction, which forms heat energy. And that's what we basically need to do to do an activity. I see the world as certain activities that need to be done. And in order to do those activities, you need a certain amount of energy input to produce the output. And electricity has greatly fulfilled the needs of that for an abundance of activities that we were unable to do in the past. The Wright brothers used to, uh, invented the first flying machine that we are aware of, and they used manpower. But obviously, that's not efficient use of energy to travel incredibly long distances. So what's another form? So people decide, let's make gliders. Yes, gliders work if you can bring the glider up to the top of the mountain, but that's still a lot of energy. You have to walk all the way up. So people thought, okay, then what if we attach a motor and a propeller? Now, <laughs> the motor is the form of electricity. It needs electricity to operate. It produces uh, mechanical energy into uh, any form of energy that you wish. Electrical to mechanical. And I find it very hard to think that without electricity, I think the world would be greatly different. We would, wouldn't would be as advanced as we are nowadays where we have these cell phones the size of our hands to fit in our pockets. When Jeez, dude. <laughs> that is the, the biggest understatement ever. If we didn't have electricity, the world would be different. The world would be completely different. We'll still be in the dark ages where candles light would be our only source of thing. Communicating to people from large distances would not be possible. We would have to use, maybe if we we're lucky enough, we would have string and cans. And then making those cans would be a mission and a half because it would have to be so pristine made by a can maker. We would have someone that literally designated a can maker. I think, I think, I think the, every, Everybody from the Industrial Revolution and like the Renaissance would beg to differ in that regard. <laughs> in terms of like, they weren't living by candlelight and all of that. I th- I'm pretty sure they had proper things going on in those. Well, they, they, they definitely used gas. I will say that gas is definitely dark something. Ages. The dark ages of the Renaissance. Uh, I still think that it would be because it would be over-reliant on gas to keep us lit. And I don't think many people would have it as so nice and pristine where we have like gas cylinders in our houses and stuff. I think it was – maybe they would, but I think it would be a bit more, quite a lot more expensive and a lot more energy and effort to do it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's my – big uh, competitor to your topic <laughs> what do you think yeah yeah i don't that that last argument i don't think was very good you said that uh gas power was you said that it was less efficient which is certainly true because you don't have easier mechanisms like wiring to transform the source of the energy to the output device. But then again, we use such broad things to to get electronics here as well. Like we, we do have to manufacture the parts and everything that transfers the the electricity, but then 
the so we have the actual output devices mm-hmm. and we have the system the embedded systems that transfer the electricity so i w- i would agree that there's a big let's call it capital investment with re- with regards to technology but then once you have those foundations laid then the return on that that capital in terms of labor is exponential whereas with something like gas power you would have to constantly use human labor to replenish that all the time like you do every 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 week or something you'd have to take a new little jug of oil and put it in your your little lamp or whatever um and then if you do that like at a scale of like a house or um an office block or something then it becomes a real mission to do but so that's the thing but now the reason why i would say that that is not necessarily the best kind of technology to use is because it's so reliant on other subsystems to <laughs> perform in in the way that you you need it to because it needs it needs to be electricity needs to be generated with either steam combustion or natural resources which are actually intermittent because the wind is never always blowing and the sun is not always shining but then um a nuclear p- power plant it's just i i look i'm going to be honest i don't know how rare uranium and stuff is but i'm i'm it's it's pretty it's hard to come by and um so you have all those you have the actual energy source of the electricity but then you also need all to create all the parts that deliver that system as well so i would say that in as much as it relies on so many smaller steps it's less fundamental uh i would but it's disagree. very innovative i would i would i would disagree eh because i agree with the fact that once you have electricity you need obviously need means of generating it in a more reliable way you need to also be able to store it because you won't be able to use all electricity in one sitting but in the world of how it has really made life easier in terms of how humanity has they they sh- uh, I wish I could show you the curve but there's been actual there is an astounding leap in towards how once electricity was defined and actually gained to the point of usable how we kind of skyrocket in terms of the world of technology and it's probably one of the reasons why <laughs> I want to reference the Dr Stone episode again um why he put so much effort into finding a ways or means of generating it without just using manpower because it really consumed a lot of manpower to do activities and they they relied on steam power which was obviously something that they can do they produce a lot of heat so they use a lot of coal obviously now all that steam power is being used to generate electricity funny enough <laughs> but that that's the that, that's the thing like i feel like it's more impactful to even the common man has now a way to to flick a switch and a light bulb turns on in their house and they have some way to illuminate their house without without even understanding how it even works and I, like your one i feel like doesn't impact everyone it impacts the world of science and technology i will say that but not even not everyone has that understanding or ha- has a need to use it as often as electricity is. Time. Does that make sense? Not uh, everyone uses time. They use time, but I mean like your sectarial, how you how you define the 60 seconds. Mo- most people, the most the more common man definitely looks at it, but then they move on with life. They don't they don't look into it deeper. But not many people look into things like transistors. No, no, but that's what I perfectly agree. Wiring um, and conductivity. But I never said anything like that. I said electricity. When uh, when power goes out in the country or power power goes off for the day, people are like feel like they're deprived of everything that they feel luxury wise. They feel the burden of whoa, 
no electricity. What do we do now? Then you, obviously that's not, I'm talking about very small specific people. <laughs> There's obviously a lot of people that say, say, oh, technology is off. It just is off. Ah, but, I've got to do but, my own thing. But, but, but that's an unfair comparison because we can't be bereft of time. I know. That's what I'm saying. My one's better than so, yours. <laughs> but, but yours is fallible then. <laughs> Mine's infallible. Time will never disappear. Uh, but anyway, what you were saying earlier about our bodies being able to tell the time, that's called the, the circadian rhythm of our, our bodies. And that's where, that's where our bodies can tell basically a unit of a day. But then there's also subdivisions of that unit of a day where our body's hormones and enzymes and our mood and everything are regulated and affected by that. They, they, they actually have established through experience, experiments that if you isolate a person in a room in, so th- in such a way that they have no time indications like light and dark or anything like that, their bodies will carry on to measure intervals of a day in terms of waking up and sleeping and bodily functions um, to units a little bit longer than a day. So I think it's something like 25 hours or 24.3 hours or something in which your day will carry, your body, not your day, your body will carry on to tell the time. But yeah. No, it's definitely, and I love how our bodies are able to do that. But it's, it's also interesting how like casinos have taken a complete advantage of that. Cause they they oh, they want they want you to stay inside and they don't want you to say, oh, the, the sun's down, it's late, better get back to the wife and kids. No, most casinos there's no windows. They got this weird natural or not natural weird artificial light inside the by the slot machines and by around. And by the time you walk out, you're like, what just happened? Like your whole yeah. internal clock is completely messed up because you, you walk out and you feel like, I felt like I was only in there for like two hours. Like the time when we went to the casino and we came out, it was like, whoa, it's so bright outside. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, also they have so many stimuli that affect you. Yeah. Like they, they have flash, flashing lights and the machines are always booping and bopping and, like shouting at you from across the room. So you're constantly stimulated and your adrenaline and uh, endorphins are pumping the whole entire time. So you you really can't tell what's going on. But I actually noticed it in a different use case as well where um, I'm, I'm a big fan of buffets <laughs> just because of the variety of food that I get to, to try. And I can eat a lot because I exercise a lot. And uh, just the fact that I don't have to clean the dishes despite having tried so many things is really <laughs> is really awesome for me. <laughs> but I noticed that in some buffet places, they will also dim, like kind of dim the lights really? a little bit. And wow. We, we actually went to a sushi buffet and it was like dim because we were sitting at the bar. And it was dimmish and really chilled. And it's it's kind of like they they want you to lose track of time so that you don't realize that you're like the time for the buffet cause, uh, is, is finished. Because sometimes they'll say lunches from this time to this time and dinners from this time to this time. And the only way that they can kind of force you to leave is by either telling you that a specific food stuff is gone, which has happened to me before, (laughs) (laughs) or telling you that the restaurant is closing, which hasn't happened to me before, but we've, we've had doubts a few times. Um, But yeah. Well, no, I definitely, I feel like that's like, you, they kryptonite there where they think, oh yeah, we want to keep this guy in there as long as possible to the point where you've really like had your like, 10th course and they're like jeez can we get rid of this guy now he's eating too much of our money (laughs) yeah but or they just wanted to buy drinks 
But that is the thing. Like, I, I have to say time is a very interesting concept, but I will say I hate it. I despise it in movies or TV shows or anything that they think time travel is the best answer and solution. Because unfortunately, every time I watch a time travel show, I actually sigh because every every time travel show or series or movie or comic book, whatever you want to say, what media, there's always a flaw in it because they never, most of the time they're never consistent with what rules they met, they set their time travel to say that, oh, if you go back in time, everything that you do will influence the future. And then you have the t- where the scenario where they say the only way we can defeat this enemy is to kill f- kill him from ever inventing time machine. I'm like, but then wait, if time machine never existed, then how did you get back in time to stop this guy from inventing time machine? So wouldn't the guy just invent time machine and the whole th- scenario would just happen again? You kill him off, and then the time will have to fix itself because you don't exist anymore because time show. Uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, my brain is in a constant paradox loop, and I hate that in most TV shows and movies they, they're never consistent or they have a paradox that is so blatant that i feel like seriously come on guys well, how does that make sense but but paradoxes are tropes though so basically what you're telling me is you don't like tropes because it's either it's either the, the two tropes that i can think of with time travel are the grandfather par- paradox and a closed time loop which are all, which always end up being the the outcome. Well, the thing is, I like the multiverse theory better. Where if you time travel, you're going to a different. You're not going to your past. You're going to a version of your past, but in a different timeline. So that makes things a little bit easier to kind of say, okay, cool. So I can change things here, but it doesn't influence my future. So if I go back to my future, yes, it sucks as heck. But at least I fixed that timeline to follow in the same path that it would have gone to my timeline. That makes the least paradox events. But like one one that really made me upset is when the last season of Samurai Jack came out. I was like, oh, cool. I finally got to see the conclusion of Samurai Jack fe- defeating Aku. And how he, that occurred is that of the big fight, um, spoiler ahead, guys. Um, Old man Jack. He he gets sent back to the time from Aku's daughter, which he fought, falls in love with. He kills Aku in the past, so that means that Aku is defeated. It's like, okay, cool. So I'm like, okay, cool. That that, that, that makes sense. But then he's getting, be, busy being married to Aku's daughter, and then she passes away because she, since Aku never uh, exists in the future, she can't exist because she never, was never born. And now I'm like thinking, wait, 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 right there, right there, stop there. If you were never born, who sends Jack back to the past? Because Aku yeah. still existed to send Jack to the future. So who sent you to the who sent Jack back to the past to defeat your father? And I'm like thinking that makes no sense because you didn't exist. And I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> That's why I can't handle time yeah. travel. <laughs> that does that does make sense. I have to like turn but off my brain. They, at least, <laughs> at least they they avoided the the conundrum of Jack going into the past and like killing a coup as an infant or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when he comes from a meteor, because then all that would happen is that Jack would be, be the prince again or something as a child. Mm. And he'll have forgotten his whole entire odyssey, you know, mm. his surgeon. But, um, I, I you, an interesting direction in which your choice can go is well i I think we should talk about the arthur c clark quote of any technology that is oh geez i'm getting i'm butchering this quote everyone (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) but any technology that is not sufficiently understood is understood as equatable with magic and for a long time that basically was what electricity was because we we could harness electricity, but we didn't know how the electricity worked. And um or I think we knew how it worked, but we didn't understand the fundamentals of it before we knew things about like quantum physics and and such. But before then it was just like you hook the stuff up in the right way and bada bing bada boom, things can happen. 
and <laughs> yeah so i i think was 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 electricity really a technology yes. or was it basically magic or was it magic uh, look when, well, it, when it was first harnessed because that's the thing that that's why I, when i mentioned before about how ben Fran- benjamin franklin technically found out about electricity i'm like thinking not quite because the water wheel was quite a predominant feature in pretty much all of history i'm pretty sure the greeks used it to some degree to get things moving around and that's a form of converting the energy from just not necessarily from electricity but from uh yeah but it's a form of energy transformation um but yeah i will say electricity i wouldn't i don't think it was ever considered like magic because they they definitely saw when the thunder fell from the sky they were like what the heck the gods are angry at us they smited my friend yesterday He's now dead on the field. I don't want to touch him because I'm worried that the gods will smite me as well. I definitely think there was a time where that was considered magic. But we also could say that to some degree, time was also considered in a form of uh, a decision made by the gods. Because we were from a society where we believed that we were the center of the universe. So we thought that everything revolved around us. We were a society that also believed that the world was flat. Sorry for all the guys who are flat earthers. Uh, I'm I'm a round earther, <laughs> but it is that is an interesting point because I definitely think like what what magic is considered as technology, what isn't? Because in my understanding, or most uh, scientists will say, magic is just a technology that we or science that we don't quite under, yet understand in a scientific way. But even then, most theories are theories. They're not uh, they they're correct until proven wrong. So you, the principle I told you about before, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It only can be transferred from one form to another. If someone can prove that they can make their own energy, then bala bing, bala boom, that principle is gone. That principle does not make sense anymore. Someone else will have to say, energy can be created and not destroyed and it can be transferred from one form to another. And then that's the new principle. They are now filthy rich if you guys find out, just send me a personal like Discord message to me. Feel free. Uh, I will ensure that you get a good contribution, maybe a majority of the contribution, and I'll make sure you're famous of all belief if you figure out how to invent energy from nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that that's the it is an interesting thing. Like, is technology is magic technology? Was electricity considered magic? I'm not sure. Like, how would the like a uh, olden day or the Renaissance era consider obtain electricity and then use it in a form that people will say <gasps> witch or warlock? <laughs> That's the. Uh... Well, I would, I would, I would say that technology is actually magic because it even is. if, even, even if you like, let's take the case of Harry Potter, um, and that whole like Potterverse or whatever, whatever it's called. Um, if your understanding, because all sciences is, and oh, I'm going into science now, <laughs> yeah. not technology, really. yeah. but but um, also, but but that's that's how you make the leap from magic to technology, because based on that definition of Arthur C. Clarke and how we're going here, the difference between magic and technology is that we understand. A technology, but we don't understand the magic, or uh, that's that's kind of where that's going, and that means that technologies have a science behind them, whereas magic doesn't. I was but about then, to say that, yeah. But then, the people in Harry Potter understand how magic works. You use words and like one gestures and stuff to, and then you point a wand. And then the magic happens. So you have this key, which is the the language and well, I guess you could say the lexicon. The soul um, energy. No, no, no. A lexicon is like a dictionary. Oh, okay. Um, the lexicon of the magic, which when combined with... So that's that's like a medium when combined with the physical um physical trans transferer 
physical converter of the wand, or transmission of the wand, and the gestures of that, have an outcome. Like, have a very specific and empirical outcome. So, it's repeatable, it happens again and again. Yeah. And, uh, like, you you can't, it, it will always happen, you know? That, I think that's the difference between magic and technology is that it's defined, it's, it's, it's very definable with regards to a knowledge system, at least in the popular sense. Because even with the example of Harry Potter magic now, I just said how it's a technology because we understand it and it's reproducible. So it's, it's, I think it's more like a technology is empirically reliable. Well, that, that's where I, I like to say the only thing that will add on to that is that I think magic also defies the normal laws that we are associated with them. Why I say that is because uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you enter like a tent and then you see the size is way bigger than the exterior out appearance of it. So I feel like magic is also where it defies the normal laws that we associate everything. So when we say gravity always pulls you towards the center of the earth, where they have flying brooms, it's magic because it's defined the laws where uh, a broom that has no forms of mechanical or any forms of propulsion is now levitating above this uh, and defined the laws of gravity. So I, I agree with everything you say. I think just to add on to it is that it also defies the normal laws that we have set into place where we say if a motion, like when they cast a spell, Yes, they they get tired, but I feel like that's also you producing you you literally producing something from nothing. Uh, when they fill up their glasses and you see their glasses are like their empty mugs are like empty, and then all of a sudden full right to the top out of nowhere, nothing's been poured into it. You literally defied the energy conservation principle where you created something from nothing. Yeah, but I I, I still think that that's not the case because all all magic then is just something that we don't understand yet. That's true. And that's the whole purpose of science. And just like uh, as an interesting side note with electronics, I mean electricity now, <laughs> don't you think how how awesome would it have been to be someone who was living in the time of the discovery of electricity and nobody knows how it works just yet and there's <laughs> all this awesome like magic sci-fi stuff happening that people are just like reporting in these penny dreadful newspaper gazettes and <laughs> stuff like that. And you hear you hear about like the World Science Fair where they pumped some electricity in a corpse and then the leg twitched and everybody was shocked and gasps were happening. And we like, defied the laws of death. <laughs> exactly. Like God is no longer all powerful. I am God now and things like Jeez. that. Imagine being a person in those times and like reading the little, I mean, hearing the little boy in the street like shouting, man brought back to life, make <laughs> twitches, read all about it. No. Yeah, like that was probably, probably like Victoria era England. So you have yeah. like all these stodgy people, people and like probably women fainting on the streets when they hear that God is being defied and stuff like that. Oh, it would have been awesome. It would have been... Yeah, have been a fly on the wall, dude. Yeah, just to be an observer. Not to literally live in the era, but be an observer to kind of see what they were talking about. Uh, but that, that that's like the, the funniest part for me. is like if we went back in time with with and we could bring like our prescribed technology back into the past, we would look like such a sci-fi situation where people look at it and you're like, whoa, look at that clothing. Jeez, they look weird. Jeez, they must look yeah. like, what's with these shorts? What's with these jeans that they wear? What's this What's <laughs> this device they're holding in their hands? It makes flashes in my face. It's like, <laughs> I think that's where they capture like Dr. Stone so well, where you see these people who have never experienced this type of technology and he casually brings out like, yo, we're going to make some candy floss. and like, what candy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But okay, everyone. I think that the more fundamental a technology is, the the more important it is for us. 
whereas Mackie is looking more towards the end product of of the technological progression and saying that's the most pivotal. Or am I getting that wrong, Mackie? No, I think you're nailing it right. Um, yeah, I think it's right. So everybody, we like it when you guys can tell us which of our arguments or our points you think are the right one. In fact, that's the whole purpose of our discussions. And that's how you get to contribute to these episodes. So please, tell us who you think made the better argument in the comments on YouTube. And like and subscribe. And also check out our other social medias, which are Mackie. Discord, Twitter, Twitch at some stage. But yes, please join us. Have a chat to us. You can speak to us directly. We'll be sure to uh, be listened and read your guys' comments and reviews. And who knows when when you guys mention your own point of views because we don't want to just hear you guys to hear what we think the most uh, or the best technology or whatever topic you guys must listen to the other episodes. But we want us to hear what your guys' topics for the future of another potential episode, which I'm sure Yuton will say run well now. Yeah, so we're going to choose, as always, our favorite su- favorite suggestion from you guys about what your, in this case, what your favorites or what you view the, as the most important technology is or was. And we will then have a short 15-minute episode where we just discuss that topic. And that will be part of a separate playlist called Ramble Shrapnel, because it's little bits and pieces of the ramblings, which we will then discuss. And yeah, we'll get to choose one lucky winner, and you guys will be rewarded with hearing us and our melodious voices talking about your topic. And don't forget to hear from us uh, here at our next episode every Thursday. We will we plan to post every Thursday, and if you're part of our social medias, you'll get notified of if there's any interruptions or maybe we feel like we want to do two episodes a week. Uh, so be sure to join our social medias to keep up to date with any news or updates in our social medias. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.